I'm Athean Seven, and you are listening to and the NFL Final Edition of the 2022 season of And the Winner Is Podcast. This podcast, as always, is presented by Atheon, the first ever on the Athlete League. Visit Atheon.org or Instagram at hashtag WeAreAtheon for more information. If you're new, this is my NFL prediction show, where I give you my thoughts and perspectives on what happened last weekend and what will happen in the future. Just a reminder that if you plan to use any of this information for any purpose, do so at your own risk. Okay, let's unpack the Super Bowl 2022 to 2023 season. Is that how you expected it to end? A little bit lackluster, huh? I mean, overall, the game was phenomenal. Uh, you can't take away too much other than to say, you know, just want to applaud both teams because overall, for the most part, this, the, the game was well played, evenly matched, and all you can really ask for in this Super Bowl. Now, with that said, the NFL should be ashamed of themselves for once again making the mistake of letting Arizona host the Super Bowl. The reason being is because historically, that grass that they uh, grow that's apparently unique and special and amazing, but at the end of the day, it has rendered a lot of complications. And I'm sorry, but that is the glaring mistake in this year's the Super Bowl, uh, because there was just this, the slipping was out of control. I mean, heck, you can make a case that this game was going to be won solely based on which team adapted to the field the the quickest, and for that matter, it definitely was Kansas City. They were the ones that and had a major advantage because they played in that on that turf, sorry, on that field uh, in the beginning of the season. And Philly did not have that. And you could tell because Philly was the one that ended up changing uh, their, their cleats, uh, whereas if I remember correctly, the Chiefs did not. Either way, the Chiefs had a major advantage in that. And you could make an, a, a definite, strong case that that's the only reason why they won. Or you could also use the excuse of the refs because at the end of the day, the refs did a great, great job overall. But unfortunately, as oftentimes it comes down to, that boneheaded call that they made uh, in favor of Juju Smith-Schuster was fundamentally a mistake, not because by rule that it was not, but rather because of the timing. Furthermore, I've been saying this for years that one of two things has to happen. Either you need to start allowing the replay system to work for everything, which is not ideal, by the way. Um, but this was the double-edged sword when you introduced it in the first place, uh, is that you either have to go all in or not at all. And so that has constantly created a lot of stress. Uh, especially as, as, as fans and definitely for coaches and players. Furthermore, I've been, what I've been saying is, is that I wish that the refs were trained better 
to pay more attention to not just the isolation of the play, but the entire ent uh, entity of the, the moment. Now, I also want to make note that what I'm about to say is also a double-edged sword because we'll get to it, but soccer or European football uh, can, can attest to this, that what I was hoping for is that the refs would have seen that Juju Smith-Schuster did not complain in any capacity. He never once considered the option that he actually was held, or more importantly, that he was actually going to get called in favor for, for him. So I feel like that was a dead giveaway, that it wasn't enough to warrant um, a flag, especially not in that big of a moment in the game. Uh, I think that the refs also should have uh, held their whistle and not blown it because the, the way that the game was called, the entire, uh, the entire game, it was in such a way where you were letting those type of moments go. Uh, there was very few flags, which that's what I'm saying. Like overall, the game was well ref. That's why it's even more frustrating that it came down to that play. Because let's just be blunt. That was the difference in the game. More than anything else. We'll get to other factors. But crystal clear, that was the moment. Because if that doesn't happen, Philly is getting the ball back with a couple of timeouts, just a, a just had under two minutes, and there's no evidence to suggest that they won't go down. Now it doesn't mean that they won't win. That you know that they could easily something could happen. But it doesn't change the fact that we will never know. And that was because of the refs calling a very very light moment, a very light play um, penalty. You know, like it would it was not severe enough to warrant a flag, let alone definitely not in that moment in time. Uh, so it's a bummer, but it is what it is. And because of that, it made it, made it, it, it made itself a very lackluster ending. Uh, it was that, that part was, was, was difficult to swallow because it just, it was like reading a book, right. And then reaching the climax and then just skipping to the last page, right. It just didn't feel right. Um, but with that said, that wasn't the worst moment of the Super Bowl. Without a doubt, the worst moment was the halftime show. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with it because at the end of the day, this is a, uh, a football um, perspective, um, you know, channel. So, but the Super Bowl comes with commercials and it comes with, uh, you know, the halftime show and everything, all the antics, right? And I just feel like overall, pretty good. You know the big the big three things then. So we already talked about two of them, uh, which is the the field um, conditions, the bad call then um, that ended up uh, the way it ended, and then last but not least is the absolutely awful, historically worst halftime performance, bar none, not even up for debate, because there's so many reasons. But most importantly, it never should have even happened. They should have been smarter in making a selection. Doing a little bit of investigating, because I wasn't very, I mean, I'm obviously, I, I know of Rihanna. I don't know her to the point where I know much about her other than on face value and some of her famous songs. But that I did not, I apparently, doing a little bit of digging, it seems like she's not very good live in general. Like that's not her 
her, she's more of a studio artist. Well, that is a fundamental problem. This is a live performance. So number one reason why it was awful was because of the not only lip singing, but the inherently awful way of trying to present it in any capacity other than let's just make it obvious. And that's just bad taste. Like that's just not great. The energy was completely missing. And and I understand that they were going more for a statement. But here's the thing. This is why this day and age is so problematic because we're after statements rather than just honesty and the art form of entertainment or art or creativity or whatever it may be, right? So fundamentally, it never should have been, she never been, should have been selected. Like as far as because of the fact that if she's not great live, then what is she doing, you know, being there? You want to use her as a statement. Uh, that's, that this is not like, what are we doing? Like, that's not what, you know, like, let artists be artists, right? And if you're going to say, well, she's an artist, because I'm not saying that she's not, but then I have to, I have to say that if you're going to be an artist, then you have to do a better job. That was, that was a poor, poor performance on so many levels, right? So it's unfortunate. Um, it is what it is. I want to get past it. But can't not say that because that that was that was embarrassing. It just was not not good. And I only want to go into the other you know antics, like let other people talk about that. But moving one last thing about uh, the other antics as far as the commercials, there is one particular um, I, I say a couple uh, that I want to particularly call out. I do think that the Blue Moon commercial was well uh, well conceived. It's very very simple, but I thought it was very effective. Um, on disguising the fact that, oh, is it is it a Bud commercial or is it uh, a Miller commercial? And a surprise, it's actually a Blue Moon commercial. I've been waiting for, you know, someone to do something as simple as that. You know, of course, there's always been attack, you know, or just a fun, playful attack between, you know, that industry. Uh, but I felt like that one was a very simple way of doing it and, and a clever way of doing that. Um, but the big, I, big, I think the biggest surprise one was actually my favorite, which was at the, near the beginning uh, of the game, and it was actually by McDonald's. I felt like, I, and I don't usually like McDonald's commercials. I can't remember the last time that I, I have liked, but this one was very well conceived. Again, also simple, but very well executed. Clever to use relationships to build that connection, especially the timing of Valentine's just upcoming. Uh, and I felt like it was just very, very smart. Um, and I, I thought it was cute, and I thought it was, you know, uh, just, it was, it was definitely one of the best ones. Um, so enough of, enough of all that stuff. Going back to the game, I feel like, look, Kansas City, they won it. Kudos to them. Uh, and I mean, obviously the game ball has to go to Andy Reid above everyone else. Andy Reid is the difference. He's the, you know, it's like, you're starting to see the commonality between, um, you know, before Belichick, right, as a defensive mind and the advantage that him and New England consistently had for all those years. Now you're looking at Andy Reid has the dominant footprint. Uh, and I feel like now it's because of the flipping of the script that like now this is an offensive game. So the best offensive-minded coach, Andy Reid, is having an advantage. And you can tell this game was on full display about why he is in complete control 
over most games because of his ability to scheme and adapt on the fly during a game. This game was won because of his ability and the rest of the coaching staff and therefore the players to buy into it to change at halftime. Well, well played. And then last but not least, of course, is the ability for Patrick Mahomes to play despite being injured and being as effective as he did. I don't want to give too, too much credit to him only because I do feel like Philly missed many opportunities to really take advantage of the game. And we're going to get to is more of their inability to do things, not just in that game, but all season long that really wound up being the difference. Because I'm sorry, but there's no excuse why they should not have schemed knowing um, the limitations that uh, Mahomes had. But because... Yeah, I mean, it's just that, it's just that simple. Um, also, real quick, major kudos also to Andy Reid, too, because you know how hard it is to have a situation where you are scoring touchdowns with as much ease as they are. I mean, again, this was not what Mahomes did, but rather what Andy Reid did and the players who, who executed it perfectly. I mean, there were wide open players. I do, I still am baffled as to how how you can actually do that. I don't care how good of a of a coach Andy Reid is. I mean, there's no excuse, which is I'm just going to get straight to it. It's like the Philadelphia Eagles, they had one Achilles heel. Well, they did two Achilles heel if you take and consider um one of their most uh impactful important plays that no longer will be available come next season, I guarantee you. So I'll quickly talk about that one which is um, the rugby play. The NFL is going to change it, and they're going to get rid of it. I guarantee you. They cannot allow teams to be able to use that play anymore. It is, it is not defendable, and it's not in the spirit of the game. It's, un, it's just unfair. It's just not an enjoyable play. And I, I'm sorry to call out Philadelphia, but Philadelphia was the team that used it the most by far. Even in the in the Super Bowl, they used it, I don't know how many times. And you take that single play out, and Philadelphia is not nearly as effective as they norm as they are. Really, that that play single-handedly, the combination of their strong offensive line, the best offensive line in 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 the season, and then plus the beast of of Hurts. Uh, you you can't defend that. And they got so much advantage because of that. Kudos to them for taking advantage of it, but it doesn't change the fact that this was their opportunity and they missed out an opportunity to get the Super Bowl because now I think it's going to be hard for them because I, I think that that play will not be available. And I think that you could make a case that there's times where they do not pick up first downs because of that play or touchdowns. Uh, so that we're going to get to why I think Philadelphia was a little bit overrated as a result of that. But nonetheless, they played one heck of a first half. It's just that the second Hurts played lights out. Hurts outplayed Mahomes. Everyone knows it. This isn't up for debate. However, of course, Mahomes' injury got to factor that in. So just saying, but nonetheless, Hurts played one hell of a game, and he definitely solidified himself as the coach, or sorry, the the the, uh, the quarterback for the Eagles moving forward. Um, he's really established himself as a starting quarterback and arguably the best quarterback in the NFC for the foreseeable future. Um, and that even includes Rodgers, who I don't know if he's going to stay in uh, the NFC, but let's be honest. I mean, I think at this point, I'd be shocked if he still has the ability to play at the level to be able to match what Hurts' offer, especially Hurts' ability to 
his mobility and strength and all that jazz. So the other thing is, is that all season long, going to their Achilles heel, they were not a very good defensive or just not a very good second half team. And that came back to bite them. I uh, can't really explain it other than the fact that their coaching staff was all young. So I guess you just got to chalk it up to that. But it doesn't change the fact that they lost this game because of a combination of their inability to defend well in the second half. They were just outcoached, period. Then on top of that was the ripple effect of Hertz's, um, you know, for as great of a play, a, a game that Hertz had, unfortunately, his fumble is single-handedly the play that that made the difference in this in the in the Super Bowl because if that doesn't happen, everything changes, right? That single play was the most probability impact uh, changeover by any other play uh, in the Super Bowl. So that that was a big play, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, let me think. Oh yeah, and then of course the of course the the, the penalty, right? We already talked about that. So so that's that's pretty much what ended up happening. Uh, and again. Applaud uh, Kansas City for winning this this year, which I think caught everybody off guard. I think that everybody thought that this was going to be uh, a, including myself, fully admit. Let's go. Let's rewind all the way back. All right. I did not. Uh, well, okay. To be fair, I ended up having the Chiefs immediately brought in. I had them as the uh, eighth ranked, what's he, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, the eighth ranked team already in week one. However, preseason pick, I did not have them in, and I thought that they were going to miss, I thought they were going to miss, uh, I thought they were going to miss the, the playoffs, actually, because I felt like their schedule was really rough. I felt like you, we didn't really know how different they were going to be without uh, um, Hill, and I just kind of felt like their division alone was just going to be so, so tough. Uh, I thought that they were going to be um, the, you know, the team that just wasn't going to, you know, live up to their usual ex expectations. But they managed to pull it off. I think it helped that, you know, the Broncos wound up being uh, a complete dud. Um, also, the Raiders wound up having too many injuries to be able to challenge themselves. So that was two teams that were supposed to be very difficult challenges for them wound up being almost cupcakes and that was not what was expected um coming into the season i think that plus the ability for them to stay mostly healthy for for most of the season outside of of course at the tail end and in the playoffs with uh, mahomes but in general they had a huge advantage then in that capacity and then last but not least is that here's the thing their real secret weapon was was their ability to keep the game close and then let Andy Reid be their difference and take him home. And that's really what ended up being the difference. So the Philadelphia Eagles, um, we'll get to them, but let's just quick go into then now our, I'm going to give my final top 10 rankings for this season, the 2022 to 2023 season. Uh, there, there are surprises. I guarantee you, you are going to be shocked by, you know, how I rank them. But I'm not just thinking about the ending or anything in between. I'm, I'm thinking about the entire season, everything that happened, all the injuries that occurred, all the moments that occurred, everything I'm trying to take stock in and ultimately determining who I believe were the top 10 
best NFL teams of the season. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Number 10, Green Bay Packers. They squeeze in at the end because I feel like they finally were starting to make momentum at the end of the season. And I feel like they were they were a very dangerous team then in the end. They they unexpectedly and un, uh, unexpectedly ended up losing in the very last game then uh, to uh, to the Detroit Lions at home, and that was a surprise. But at the same time, we're going to get to the Lions were a, a really good team, so they shouldn't be you know too disappointed. But at the end of the day, I feel like if they could find have found a way to get through that, they could have been a dangerous team. They, they had a lot going for them then at the very, very end of the season. They finally got healthy. They finally figured out their identity. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was, uh, they were, they became somewhat of a dangerous team. And I put them at, at an edge over the New York Giants. The Giants did not make the list. And I feel like it was ultimately because the game against Philadelphia in the opening round then, I feel like, or sorry, in the second second game after they beat the Vikings, I feel like them and the Vikings were an evenly matched team. But I do think that if if they had to play the Packers or any of these other teams, I feel like they would have lost. I feel like the Giants ultimately got in because they had a hot start and their regular season during the regular season they allowed themselves to be able to get into the playoffs, but I don't think that they were as good as it seemed like their record uh, indicated, but it doesn't change the fact that they had one hell of a season. We talked about it all, all year round. Unbelievable job by them. Uh, and also kudos to, to the Vikings for, for surviving so many close games, but everyone knows that they weren't really a top 10 team. So the Packers, now of course, when it comes to the Packers, oh, good good luck trying to determine what the heck they're going to do during the offseason and going into the season. Will Rodgers actually be still a Green Bay Packer? Is he going to go to the Jets? Is he going to go somewhere else? Who the heck knows? But it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I think that no matter what, the Packers, if even what regardless, they were going to be around that ten around this this place probably coming into the season. You know, they're a good team. Are they a great team? Probably, probably not. No matter what, but you never know. Who knows what kind of moves that they are willing to make? Uh, you know, they never really do, so I doubt it. But you know, again, just we'll see. On to number nine. The Detroit Lions, the team that that end up upsetting the Packers, and because of that, they have to be above. Uh, and I feel like they they have absolute momentum on their hands. They they got a lot of good uh, pieces, and they are definitely an uptick. They have to be the favorite in the NFC North going in above the Packers, the uh, Met, regardless of whether or not. Uh, Rodgers comes back or, or, or anyone else that they're able to retain because the Lions are legitimately a strong team. Obviously, they got to figure out a way to get stronger on the defensive end, but that's going to come. They have a lot of great young players, both on the defensive side and on the offensive side. Coaching staff seems to have things figured out. They seem to, to have created a culture and identity similar to the Giants, but the difference is the Lions have a lot more talent. So I feel like they're going to be Coming into the season, um, I think they're going to be they're going to be up there. They could even they could definitely be in the top ten easily for sure. Even even higher, maybe even maybe even crack the the top five. No, I'm I'm, I'm kidding. But you get the point that they're going to be a very strong team in the NFC uh, coming into next season. Uh, number eight, 
the Dallas Cowboys, who wound up giving giving the 49ers a dogfight. It was a lot closer than I think people thought. Now, don't get me wrong. They were never really in the game, but they kept it close enough where it built the illusion like they were they were a strong team. And they were consistently a very strong team. They weren't the best team, but they were a strong team. I think the question with them is, is that, you know, are they actually going to, you know, continue with with Prescott, I don't think it's the right decision. I understand that contracts and whatnot always play a factor, but if I were them, I I, I would move on. You you're not gonna win with him. It's just it's not it's not gonna happen. Uh, not to mention all the other decisions that they have to make. I think that this team is gonna regress a little bit. I still think that they're going to be uh, probably one of uh, you know the teams in in, the, in as a wild card. Uh, I don't think that they can possibly beat. Philadelphia anytime soon and even the Giants and and, and Washington is going to be a really hard uh, team for them our uh, teams for them to even beat so they may regress completely out of the playoffs once again unless they make um, some moves but overall they should be proud of having a very consistent overall good season which you know hey as fans you know sometimes that's all you ask for on to number seven the biggest surprise, even more than Alliance, has to be this team, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Like, they are ahead of their trajectory. I mean, wow. They, they really played lights out. You could even make a case that they, they had a chance of beating the Chiefs. If they, if, um, I forget the player, but if he doesn't drop that pass and they go down and they, and they score that touchdown, uh, they got a shot in the in the, in that game. I don't think that they end up winning, but I think that it's it. I mean, it's close, and they played they played them as well as anybody else, including then in the in the end uh, Philadelphia. So they all season well, not all season long. The second half onward, they played lights out, and they were one of the they were the seventh buff team uh, in the end. I feel like, and they 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 have only uh, just similar to Alliance. Those two teams have nothing but momentum coming into to the season. So they should be feeling very proud and very excited uh, for, for what's to come. Uh, extra kudos for winning that game against the Chargers. I cannot emphasize how impressive it was to win that game. To have had, what, five turnovers in the beginning of the game like that in the first half and and for Lawrence to be able to, you know, continue after four, having four interceptions, I mean, the guy is is as good as it comes. You know, he's 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 just going to get better. So this team is definitely going to be scary from here on out. They announce themselves as a threat, and it's going to be exciting. They're going to be in the in the running for sure. So on to number six. The biggest disappointment of the season goes to the Buffalo Bills, and. You can't be too hard on themselves uh, on them, but in the end, they are they are the biggest disappointment. Uh, I definitely get to say that because as I as you know, they were the team that I I rode all season long. I, I did I did I as I told you I started getting concerned um, at the tail end of the season and definitely into the playoffs. I did not feel very confident about my pick, but I stood I stood by them because. They were my pick, my preseason pick, and all season long, my pick to win it all. They were the ones that I put the money on it, and I will, I, side note, I'm never going to put money uh, on a preseason uh, team or just in, in the NFL, just in general, ever again. I've, I've made that decision 
I, I know I glowingly have said how, how effective I am at being able to, um, to determine who is the highest probability of, of winning it all. And I was really hot coming into the season. But unfortunately, you know how it goes. We've all experienced this. It's incredible how the universe works in, in the art of balance where you can, of course, the one time, you know, I had gotten what three out of the last four Super Bowls right, and and six out of the last eight or something like that right, and yet of course this year I finally decided to put money on it. Everyone tried to convince me to do so. I convinced myself to do so, and I I, I rode the wave. I did it with the Buffalo Bills. I really am shocked. I thought that they were going to win it all. I remember at the way that they ended the game against Kansas City the year before. I thought that they were going to use that. Um, to uh, just to you know take it all the way to the promised land, and it was looking like it. The beginning of the season it looked like they were definitely the best team. You know they beat you know all all the tough teams, but it all, at the end of the day, you know so, uh, injuries obviously played somewhat of a role. I do think that I am concerned that they you know what the team really reminds me of. They remind me of the Green Bay Packers with Brett Favre. That's who they represent. And because of that, and because we've seen what happened with, with Favre and the Packers, I do wonder if the weather conditions of Buffalo is going to come back to bite them just as it did both with, with Favre and now with Rodgers. As the cold weather, we think that it somehow is an advantage, but in the end, it usually rarely ever is. Like The only time it's an advantage is if those teams are built for it, but it's just kind of coincidence that those two teams are linked because they've always had the great quarterback and the great offense, and very rarely have they had the good defenses, and it's not a surprise that when they have, then they've been able to win it all, which leads me to the Buffalo Bills. Ultimately, this team failed last season and this season because of one simple reason, is that despite statistically having a great defense, they're actually not. They're ultimately just a disguise and an illusion. Statistically wise, it always looked like they were. But when when it mattered most, they were never able to make you know the plays that they were needed. And that was really the biggest, the biggest difference. Now, there's other factors, but that was the biggest reason. So unfortunately, I don't know how, where they go from here. I feel like it's hard. It's now hard. They they needed to win this season. This was their season to win it. Now it's going to be really, really hard, and especially with the stacked AFC. So it is what it is. Um, moving forward, the number five, this may be surprising, but the Philadelphia Eagles. I warned you that I felt like they had some tricks plays that I think will never will not be available to them anymore. And I feel like you know, it's going to be hard to maintain all their players. You know, obviously it's going to become harder and harder. I feel like they're going to be a very strong team next season because, you know, they're in the NFC and they're, you know, still probably, you know, one of, of two best teams in the NFC. But regardless, I do feel like overall, um, you know, they they were a little bit uh, of, of a, a mirage to some degree. Still a very, very good team. Uh, but I do think that they, I think they lose to the 49ers. I think if, if Purdy does not get hurt, it's just simple as that. If you watch that game and you know, you take stock into the way those teams were, I think that the 49ers at that incident, along with other things don't occur. I think the 49ers were a better team than the Eagles. I think 
every team above the uh, above uh, uh, you know four uh, the four teams ahead of them I think are simply better than Eagles. Um, again, I'm not saying that they're not great. All five of these teams, you could make a case for all five of these teams. I guess is the point. There's very little difference between these five teams. I just it I think it really comes down to I do not have confidence in the Eagles' inability to play well in the second half. I didn't like how their defense did not respond well when, when uh, under, um, you know, uh, intense, uh, you know, challenges, uh, adversity, right? And then on top of that, I just, I hated the rugby play. I'm sorry. I'm just going to get straight to it. I think it was one of the, the, I, I never liked that play. And I just felt like it was, it was an advantage Eagles always had. And I felt like you take that away. I just feel like they were a little bit, a little bit weaker than the rest of these other four teams. Number four, the Cincinnati Bengals. You could make a case that uh, they should have won it all. I mean, again, all four of these teams, all five of these teams, can make a case. You can make a case that they were the best teams and they should have won a Super Bowl. The Chiefs, de- I'm sorry, the, the Bengals definitely can say that because we all know what happened against the Chiefs game. They definitely should have. Um, you know, it was just it was to be honest that they probably win. They probably won that game. You know, the refs got involved too much, and and that really was, you know, what put made the game the way it was. So the Bengals had one hell of a season. They consistently always played well under adversity, and they're just they're a very very strong team. Uh, I think is, is again is is here to stay uh, for the foreseeable future. Eventually, they're going to have to make decisions, but I still think they're going to be strong coming into next season. That's the thing with all five of these teams; they're going to be strong next season. Uh, but I think that the reason why the Bengals, which it may surprise you, why I had number four, is because we'll get to number three, which is yeah, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm putting them that high, and I'll tell you the reason why. It's because everyone that watched that game against the Bengals. The Ravens had that game won if it wasn't for that boneheaded play that Huntley, Huntley, who, by the way, was the backup quarterback, not the starter, not not Lamar Jackson, but Huntley was the quarterback in that game, and he made a boneheaded play on the one-yard line. He tried to do that whole awkward, you know, putting the... Well, here, here's the thing. They should have taken, taken a page out of the, out of the Philadelphia Eagles and did a rugby play. Like, it's that simple. I mean, again, for, for as much as I'm complaining about the Egos and using it, but here, everyone else should be ashamed of themselves for not using it because they could have taken advantage of it. If, 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 if the Ravens had done that, they win that game. It's just that simple. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no other way of looking at it. They fundamentally are going to win that game. And the fact that they were going to win it with their backup QB and missing some other key players, their best wide receiver, I'm sorry, but the Ravens, I was even tempted to move them up even higher. I felt like they were, you could make a case that they were the best AFC team because they did everything that they did despite missing, losing for majority of the season, their starting quarterback, their best player, their best offensive player, their, 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 the best wide receiver, uh, and I, I, and the countless other injuries. I mean, like, they, I mean, now with that said, coming into the next season, I don't know what you're. If you're them, I don't know what you do. I, I have no trust in Jackson. If you're Baltimore, I don't. I would not sign him. I feel like you have to because of the circumstances that the the QB um, talent is so relentless in the AFC that you have to because the alternative option is is way worse. But 
he's not reliable, and the team's not really reliable because they consistently always have injuries. This is their Achilles heel. Everyone, every team has an Achilles heel. That's their Achilles heel. So they got to figure that out. Until then, they're 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 good, but they're not going to be able to get over the hump. But with that said, if you take that into consideration, if they were healthy, they clearly were one of two of the best teams, which leads to the number two team. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. They may have won it all, but I still think that they were not the the top the top dog, and we'll get to the reason why. But when it comes to the Chiefs. I think it comes down to, yeah, would they have been able to beat the Ravens at full strength when the Ravens were full strength? I mean, it makes you wonder. I, I, I do, I want to believe that the Chiefs have the advantage. I, I really do. I think that at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson versus Mahomes, I feel like Mahomes is just a better quarterback. And overall with the, you know, I just, I was so impressed with the Ravens defense. And on top of that, they have the the ultimate uh wild card in um tucker so i just i, I it makes you wonder but I, i'm gonna give still the edge to chiefs out of nothing else respect for that they, they did find a way to get all the way through and to win it all they may have gotten help but it doesn't change the fact that they're the ones at the end with the rings and holding up the trophy so they they have nothing to prove to anyone else. It doesn't matter what I say and moving putting them number two. It doesn't matter because everyone knows that at the end of the day, on record and in their eyes, they're number one, and that's all that matters to them. Obviously, they're going to be a handful again next season. It's that simple. It's like I, you can't. I mean, because basically they're going to have essentially the exact same team. So they're going to be, and they're going to be even better because all their young players play lights out. Which is again the other reason why they won is because at the end of the day. They got very fortunate with all their with their young players and how well that they played. That was ultimately the difference. That was the difference. The energy and the skill that they brought, that was the difference, along with, of course, as we talked about Andy Reid. At least, number one, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is what my honest, truthful opinion is. I believe that the best team this season was the San Francisco 49ers. I felt that way since the halfway point and all the way through. It's unfortunate what ended up happening. You know, Shanahan is kicking himself for not calling uh, the flag on when Smith made that that epic, you know, one-handed catch because it wasn't a catch and that should not have happened. And then, of course, with fouls is the Purdy injury and then everything that comes after that. If those, if if either of those two things, or if even one of those things, don't happen, then, or well, more specifically, if Purdy doesn't get hurt, let's just let's be be honest. Because even if they don't call the 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 Smith uh, flag, then that's fine. It's just Purdy can't get hurt. If Purdy doesn't get hurt, they're winning this game. You could also make one other case, and that is if Shanahan was wiser and would have put McCaffrey in at quarterback. That's the uh, one of those two things. That's another way that they they potentially could have won. Because if nothing else, it would have been exciting as hell. Which is the whole reason why I picked them as they are the they are the best team for this season. Because top to bottom, they had the most talented team. It's just that simple. And I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, that I don't care what your coaching staff is, and I don't care what players you have. You are not going to stop the combination of Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, etc right like you're it's not happening oh and 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 mitchell right uh it's not happening i'm sorry it's just not happening that is way way too much skill 
And then let's get to it. The defense. The best defense in the league. Although the Ravens really have a strong case for that because they played lights out. And with the inevitability on their offense end, you actually, I, I kind of want to say that it has to be the Ravens number one. But obviously the 49ers one and two, either way, however you want to look at it. The 49ers defense was unbelievable. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is that there's times when they didn't even play up to their their capability. So that tells you just how much more impressive that that they and how dominant they can be in during stretches. Um, you know, and actually because of the similarities of the, uh, of the location, they're kind of like the Warriors in that they they were you know the thing when in, in the NBA you're always you were always worried about the Warriors like those runs that they would go on where they would like those 15 and one 15 and 0 runs kind of things. Same thing. 49ers were just like, Oh my gosh, they were, they were the, the NBA NFL's version of that more than probably any, any team uh, in, in quite a while. So they were, but yeah, they were, they were the, they were the whole package. And I'm sorry, but if you watch that game against Philadelphia, Philadelphia is not winning that game. If Perry doesn't get hurt, it's, it's that simple. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that is a wrap on the and the 2022 NFL season. It's officially over. Stay tuned as I I will I will pretty soon get into the NBA season along with I'll do the NCA uh, men's basketball tournament and I will also check in every now and again on the NFL, particularly before and after the draft. So yeah, stay warm and remember, clear mind, strong body, good heart. We are a Theon.